Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. Prisoners at the Wapoon Correctional Institute were exposed to COVID-19 by a doctor who recently traveled outside the country. WCI was put on lockdown, and sources say that the treatment of prisoners during this time was inhumane, placing exposed and unexposed prisoners together in a hallway, risking more spread of the virus. Currently, the DOC has suspended transfers to and from contracted jail beds to reduce the spread of COVID-19. There's a phones app in Florida going on right now via Gainesville iWalk. They're asking people to call now to demand the release of prisoners in the Eighth Circuit. Their full list of demands is as follows. One, immediate release of any prisoner held on unaffordable bond. Two, immediate release of any prisoner over the age of 50 or with any autoimmune conditions. Three, immediate release of all nonviolent prisoners, especially those who have served over 60% of their sentence. Four, no new admissions to the jails in the circuit court. Five, end medical copays, charges for essential hygiene products, and allow prisoners to see a doctor upon first request. Six, provide free and full access to phone calls and video visitations for every prisoner at all facilities during the pandemic. Seven, transparent communication from county officials to the public regarding any measures taken to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. If you would like to show your support, they say you can call the office of the state attorney, Bill Cervone, at 352-374-3670. That's 352-374-3670. The Alameda County Public Defender's Office announced that they have secured the release of 300 Santa Rita jail detainees, part of efforts to prevent a COVID-19 outbreak in the jail. Here in Indiana, local abolition advocates submitted a letter to the local prosecutor demanding the release of all misdemeanants, low-level six, and people with technical probation violations. At this time, the local courts and prosecutor have taken no action on these demands. The criminal justice system, both locally and statewide, has been greatly impacted by the pandemic. Day reporting has been suspended for the time being, except for certain groups like participants in one of the four problem-solving courts. Day reporting requires the supervised person to go into community corrections five mornings per week and provide a breath and or urine sample. Indiana Sheriff's Association has encouraged local sheriffs to talk with prosecutors and judges regarding who continues to be incarcerated and advised local jails and police departments to release the low-level offenders, but this will be the decision of local judges and prosecutors, and the sheriff will follow their direction. Across Indiana, many sheriffs are canceling visitation unless court-ordered. Most jails are set up with the ability to continue visitation through video and telephones, which does not require someone to physically visit the jail. However, these services are very expensive. Getting Out is the private company in Monroe County that offers visitation, and there have been no reports from the company that they will suspend fees or waive costs during this time. Bloomington Police Department will likely start giving summons instead of arresting people for nonviolent misdemeanors and low-level felonies. The Sheriff's Association has reported that many sheriffs and police departments in Indiana have already met to discuss handling arrests by summons for court appearances instead of physical arrest and jail booking. 
bear in mind warrants that predated the crisis remain active. Here in Monroe County, due to the pandemic, Centerstone staff have stopped face-to-face -face interactions with clients in the jail. Centerstone is the jail's only contractor for mental health services. They are working on how to restart substance abuse and mental health groups in the jail, but through video technology. Outside of the jail, Centerstone is only offering services through video conference. The local courts are less likely to release people who have mental health needs under these circumstances. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to change life on the outside for people all over the world, the prison population stands to suffer immensely in these times. Last week, we spoke to someone in Italy who described the riots and protests inside and outside the prisons in areas around the country. This week, we're sharing messages from people all over the United States and elsewhere through our coronavirus hotline. We currently have a dedicated phone line where prisoners, their loved ones, and their supporters can call and record a message. As word leaks out from inside the prison walls, we want to share with you what's happening to folks on the inside. Chapters of the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee will be creating a different hotline to provide support for prisoners suffering from the virus, and we'll share more information on that resource when we receive it. Please call 765-343-6236 if you have information on the spread of coronavirus within a prison facility or what the prison authorities are or are not doing to address the crisis. Again, that number is 765-343-6236. Anyone can record a message. It cuts off after three minutes, but we encourage you to call back and keep recording if you'd like to. When at all possible, we'll have someone available to answer the phone directly in order to more easily facilitate prisoners being able to call in to share their stories. And now we have hotline messages from Rikers Island, Virginia, Mexico City, California, Wisconsin, and Indiana. My name's David Campbell. Um, I'm serving 12 months of an 18 month sentence uh, on Rikers Island for assault charges, well, an assault conviction, um, stemming from a brawl that broke out at an anti fascist protest in 2018. Uh, I'm five months in, I have seven months to go. And, um, yeah, um, I guess our our daily lives in here have not really been noticeably disrupted the way it seems that they have been mm -hmm. on the outside, um, just because wait, everything's so regimented. Um, but there have been some changes. They um, have kind of called us into meetings, they meaning the staff, uh, a couple times to talk about cleaning practices and things like that. Um, those have been kind of half-baked, like most things. Um, and here, you know, the, the policies and procedures implemented by, by the folks in charge are, are usually just kind of, you know, um, yeah, uh, inefficient, um, not really well thought out. Um, they, you know, they're telling us, like, to wipe down the phones by spraying one of the certain cleaning products that we have access to on paper towel. Um, but I haven't seen a paper towel in the dorm since I've been here. Um, you know, I let them know that. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get on it. So I don't know um, what that really means. Um, I, I went to inmate council um, the other night with another guy from my dorm um, to meet with three deputy wardens. So that's a pretty high-ranking um, DOC official. That's the highest ranking I've ever had the chance to talk to face-to-face. -face. Um, and they um, they went over cleaning protocols, um, like what products should be used for what surface, you know, what purpose. Um, but, they, yeah, they were just really out of touch with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, they, they recommended we eat more oranges. Somebody brought up that uh, if we have a search, they'll take our fruit and throw it away. Uh, they had, they kind of gave the same response about the paper towels. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll try and do something about that. Um, there's the issue of overcrowding. They're recommending that we keep distance from people. But you know, within six feet, you have three beds. I mean, the beds are two feet and change apart. 
Um, and ironically, actually, until uh, the morning of the, the day that we went to the, the inmate council meeting, my dorm was half full. I had, I had 24 people. We had 24 people in a 48-bed dorm. Um, so we could have theoretically spaced ourselves out enough to keep about six feet, six feet uh, distance. Uh, and then that morning they moved in like 20 people in order to open up another dorm in order to bring people in from uh, Queens and Manhattan, which, like, why would you move you know, large groups of people from one borough to another and then crowd a dorm that's already, you know, close to being um, useful for, for social distancing? Um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on. They they didn't really want to hear that when we brought that up. They, they pointed out that, like, oh, we were sitting too close together, um, you know, which, like, didn't have any, I mean, it was true. Like, it's hard to implement these things. It takes a bit to get used to. But it didn't really have anything to do with their policy of stacking people on top of each other and then telling them to stay apart. Um, I pointed out that the depths were standing too close together, too, and they didn't like that. Um, but, you know, it was fun. Um, uh, yeah, so they, there's a lot of stuff, like, um, there was one guy who came to the inmate council as well who's 65 and has respiratory issues and asked, are COs being tested before they come into the building? And the depths said, no, they're not being tested. Um, and that was an issue of contention. It was a point of contention because they they were, again, being defensive about it and saying that if someone doesn't have symptoms, they can't spread the disease, which is scientifically untrue. Um, you know, people gently tried to correct them, um, but they didn't want to hear it. Um, and they just said, well, we're not getting tested. Um, and now, today, uh, I think the last number I heard was 14 uh, COs have been confirmed. COs on the island have, have been confirmed to have it. Um, so, you know, if, if it gets into the building and spreads like wildfire, like it will, you know, um, prisons and jails are, are pretty well set up for that, um, then it's going to be because COs brought it in. You know, they're screening new um, inmate arrivals. So they shut down visits, and they were screening visitors before they shut down visits last week. Um, so it doesn't make sense for them not to screen COs, but they just refused to do it and got really defensive when we asked about it. Um, yeah, they're not really giving us bleach or hand sanitizer. Um, people, I mean, we're organizing okay among ourselves. I mean, actually, it's kind of cool. I've kind of stayed out of organizing in here. Um, I'm happy to talk with people about radical history and theory and stuff, and that's, you know, I enjoy doing that in general. But, um, you know, Jesus, I just want to get out of here on time. So I'm not trying to make a whole lot of waves. Um, but, um, you know, it's actually been really cool to, to see it kind of happen naturally um, with, the, with the coronavirus stuff um, because their, their stuff, you know, the stuff they're giving us to clean with um, is not enough. Um, there's supposed to be a house cleaning detail, but they stopped paying them a month and a half ago due to bureaucratic reasons. So, you know, that, that's not really functioning either. Um, so we came back from the inmate, inmate council, this other guy and I, and we basically read out our notes to the dorm, and um, there's about 40 of us in here now, and uh, we organized ourselves into um, cleaning crews, um, eight beds uh, for each day of the week. So it's like, you know, bed one through eight on Monday, bed what, uh, nine through 16 uh, on, or nine through 18 on, you know, Tuesday, and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, we've done that on our own. People are also stockpiling um like things that they can get from their jobs that are helpful, um, like little uh, alcohol wipes, little single-serving like alcohol toilet things. Um, you know, like those are actually useful for wiping down the phones. Whereas we have like you know one sponge for the bathroom and one sponge for literally everything else. Um, so you know, um, this is probably not the best way to disinfect like phones, TV remote controls, and things. Um, so 
so people are stockpiling things like alcohol wipes. Um, there's like this um, fine sort of synthetic squeegee mesh um, towel thing that people can get. It's called like a food service cleaning towel, I think it says on the box. But people have those. Um, also rubber and plastic gloves. People are stockpiling those. Um, and yeah, we've we've organized ourselves into cleaning crews and and gotten a hold of stuff to clean with on our own, which is pretty great. But also, they should be letting people go and giving us proper cleaning equipment. Um, the letting people go stuff has been kicking up in the past few days. I think uh, the Board of Corrections has talked about, uh, has recommended letting people 50 and over and people with health problems go, uh, as well as parole violators and people serving a year or less. Uh, I don't think that applies to me because my sentence is 18 months, um, but. Regardless, they should be doing it. Uh, I mean, there's a guy in here who just came back from surgery two days ago. He's in his 60s. Um, like, if, if it gets into the dorm here, I mean, he's probably, you know, it's not a pleasant thought. But, um, you know, especially considering they're not getting tested coming and going, um, the least they could do, you know, especially with people like uh, parole violators who are just in on a technical violation, would be like, you know, um, just let them go. Like, it's not going to, society's not going to break down because you let a few parole violators out. Or even really everybody in here probably. Um, but that's another story. I work in the kitchen, and then the inmate bathroom in the kitchen, like rarely has soap. Um, and we brought this to the CEO's attention on multiple occasions. Uh, and you know, sometimes it gets replaced, but it often doesn't stay replaced. Like it runs out, and then it doesn't, you know, come back for a day or two. And so you have to go over to like the area where the food is prepared to wash your hands after you've used the bathroom. Um, which, like, you know, again, it's totally avoidable. I guarantee you, the CEO bathroom doesn't run out of soap. It's just because they don't want to treat us as, as equals or humans, and you know, that's uh, that's just it's just dumb. It's deeply ingrained, you know. Um, it's it's hard to to change, you know, not to excuse their behavior, but you know, it's hard for them to change it. The last number I heard today um, from a pretty reliable source was 14 COs have been confirmed to have it. Um, that's COs that work on the island. One corrections department employee has already died um, from coronavirus. They didn't work on the island, um, but you know, there's only a couple degrees of removal that you need. So yeah, they're they're not um, they're not testing COs. They also have they have I talked to somebody who works in the the West facility that's a clinic or like on island mini hospital. They have 25 people as of last night um, in in isolation in quarantine over there for um, coronavirus uh, symptoms. Hello, my name is Henry Walton. Uh, I am inmate 00478454, the county of Henrico, Virginia. I'm in uh, Henrico County West Jail due to possession of a controlled substance, which was a .3 of methamphetamines. Um, I am an addict. I am not a dealer. I am not a repeat offender. This is my first offense. I am in here. This place is overcrowded. People are coming in coughing. They have three to a cell where they're supposed to be two to a cell. They're filling the day rooms with people. Rather than releasing people, they're adding more and more and more people. They are um, they are putting us all at risk. There's people coughing. There's people throwing up in their hands. We've had lack of hot water. There's been a mess. The food is terrible. It's just getting more and more and more and more overcrowded, and it's getting more and more dangerous. I have a compromised family at home. I have a, a girl who just lost her baby. <laughs> Y'all need to help us get out of here. I will do my time gladly when this is all resolved. But this is ridiculous. Um, the fact that we are in here having to go through this is just pathetic. Uh, I really need some help. We need to start releasing people and stop bringing people in here right now. This is uncalled for.
Hi, uh, my name is Hunab. I am calling from Mexico City. I work here with uh, the La Yeca Collective with Fernando Fuentes and Lorena Mendez. Some of us uh, went to uh, to Reclusorio Norte yesterday, which is uh, a prison for men in the very north of Mexico City. And well, what we saw there is um, well the the only measure they have. Uh, like a preventive measure for the coronavirus is at, at any moment when you have to go through a door because I mean in order to go into the prison you have to go through a lot of a lot of doors they have a cleaning station with water with chlorine and soap so you can wash your hands that's everything they're doing for the moment however uh, uh, yesterday was the last day that any external collective or group like us could go in. The, the prison is closed for, for external people right now, and uh, they will also be suspending the family visits, and uh, of course the, the guys in the prison are not very happy about that, and there's even rumors of them uh, organizing a sort of demonstration in, inside the prison, because I mean, for them, it is very important to be visited by their family members. However, we did try to to let them know that, unfortunately, this is necessary at the moment. They uh, they seem to be aware of what is going on. However, I don't think they understand the dimension of of the problem, and we try to let them know that, unfortunately. It is necessary that, that nobody goes into the prison, and um, well, I, I guess that's it at the moment. It doesn't seem like there was any anyone there uh, who had contracted the coronavirus, and hopefully, if they will suspend the visits and if they will uh, pretty much close the the prison to to external um, groups. Hopefully, the virus will not get in. Hello, I am calling to deliver a few messages on COVID-19 from incarcerated people in Wisconsin. These messages are excerpts from recent correspondence received via CoreLinks. You probably won't get this, but the guards are lying to us. They're going around telling us inmates that no one tested positive for coronavirus, when in fact it was on Fox 6 News and on ABC News just now as I received your email. Many inmates are now being placed in quarantine in SEG and in the North Cell Hall with healthy inmates. Inmates with pre-existing conditions are not being tested, and I met all the criteria to be tested. I have pre-existing conditions and heart disease. These guards and administration only care about their fellow employees. The previous message was in correspondence with a, with a prisoner at Wapun Correctional Institution where a doctor was just uh, tested positive for coronavirus and um, after being out of the country. Moving on. So today, a lot of action has taken place due to the virus. All programming, volunteer services, recreation, and library has been canceled until further notice. They're also letting us eat in the day room, but only two people allowed at each table. I have written officials here help trying to help with the lack of activities going on. We can be proactive with what they are doing in New York with the prison and having them make hand sanitizer. Not sure what we could do, but I've raised ideas to try and raise money to help Wisconsin residents. No actions as of yet, but we won't have a warden until April, and hopefully someone in Madison can force some action. Some of the ideas are as follows. 
One, allow videos, education materials, con light apps, and photo apps to be added to the tablet. Two, allow more phone calls. Three, add channels to our TV system. Create a fund that if inmates raise enough money, we can get a certain amount of channels and the funds raised to the communities we in need. Four, if we are allowed to put us, us to work making hand sanitizer or other, putting other t masks together if needed. Five, allow eye care gifts from companies already doing this type of work. We've been told by our canteen officer to take precautions with ordering canteen by the next few weeks. He told us we'd be better off ordering as much as we can because he's not sure how much longer we'll be getting canteen. Thank you for your time and all you're doing. Stay safe. This previous message was from a prisoner in Columbia Correctional Institution. Uh, these are another few messages on COVID-19 from incarcerated people in Wisconsin. These are excerpts from recent correspondence um, received over core links. I predict that the coronavirus will be our bubonic plague and millions will die before a vaccine to treat it is discovered. Once it begins to spread within the DOC, I expect that inmates will be placed on lockdown because of this virus's ability to go airborne for several hours. It will spread easily from inmate to inmate. I don't foresee staff working in such an environment and risk taking this virus home to their family, so the National Guards will have to be called in to police the prison. The cost of treating thousands of inmates who will become infected over time will be astronomical, as will the death rate. The Secretary of the Department of Corrections may be forced to use SAR just to control the spread and avoid effectively sentencing people to possible death. Right now, those of us who are out on work release are still being permitted to go to work, but I don't see that continuing for very long. I can't foresee how long we won't be allowed to see our families. Could be weeks, months, or years, but it would be clear. This pandemic will impact everyone in various ways. I don't know many families who can afford to forego a weekly paycheck indefinitely, but I will be pulling for everyone. Good luck. Earlier today, the DOC suspended all visiting to all facilities until further notice. Some facilities are locked down, and I suspect that will happen here as well in short order, particularly since President Trump just issued a national emergency. I think that things are going to get messy within the DOC prisons for an extended period of time. Y'all take care, be well, and stay safe. Note to friends, don't listen to your president. Be careful, be prepared, wash your hands often, especially after touching such things as doorknobs that are touched by others. See you on the other side of this pandemic. Hi, I'm a prison wife from California, CCR. My concerns right now during coronavirus is that they are not physically and medically screening um, correctional officers or any staff going into the prison um, like the BOP is. Um, my also concern is that they're still transferring uh, our loved ones between prisons and Instead of keeping them quarantined and away from the general public, there are packing buses and still transferring. And I think that that completely needs to stop during this time. What they're trying to do is, you know, my husband came out of the Pelican Bay shoe hunger strike, which was really big in the state of California, because they were in, they were putting 
uh, individuals from certain factions into the into the shoe and keeping them for years there. And we we fought and we got the case resolved and and now they're trying to send them to back to the Corcoran shoe and put them in there. Uh, all the the Southerners STG, what they consider, you know, a security threat group. And they're trying to transfer them out during all this coronavirus right now. That's that's what we're at. It's just so overwhelming that we don't even know where to go no more. It's overwhelming and it's it's sad and you know, prison officials don't care. They don't nope. care about nope. us and they don't care about them. They're just another number on the roster. You know, we don't know what to do and where to go and and I just wanted to make that public that they're still what's the point of, of locking down these guys and not letting visits or family visits happen but transferring them in a bus load when you're supposed to be distancing yourself socially from people. You know, in the state of California, they're, they are doing something called non-designated programming facilities where they are intentionally mixing the general population and the uh, protective custody population, and they were supposed to stop doing that, and they just did that to one of the wife's husbands um, just two days ago. It's a mess, and and this man has been general population for 15 years. He faces uh, 602, which is a, a complaint form against them because he was asking for a grievance to be moved closer to home. And they said, "Oh, you want a 602? Us? Okay, then we're gonna sit." And they stuck him in a in a SMY yard. And now, and he's five, he's five months from come, to come home. And this is what they're doing. They're doing it to guys who are about to come home, and they end up getting more time. And they end up getting more time and then don't come home. So how are we ever going to get our husbands home or our loved ones home if this is what's going on? Federal correctional officers are being tested. They're being screened before they even come on prison grounds. All of California Department of Corrections, CDCR, is not. They're verbally, verbally asking them, do you feel good? Are you okay to work? Do you have a fever? What is that going to do? So how are we going to you know, protect them if we're we're letting people come from the outside in. Hello. I learned last night um, from a contact on the inside that there are already cases of coronavirus and COVID-19 in the Wabash Valley Correctional Facility and that staff has been quarantining people in the SHU, which is the secure housing unit, the uh, most uh, intense lockdown unit in the state of Indiana. Um, Apparently there are two ranges that are um, being used for quarantine and that uh, guards have had to shave their faces in order for the um, face coverings to protect from from infection, um, they are not informing the other inmates of the danger, and uh, people in the SHU believe that uh, if the virus was going to spread uh, anywhere quickly, it would be in the SHU. So having quarantined areas there does not make sense on top of the humanitarian issue of just general conditions in the shoe as it is. So uh, we want to get the word out about it um, and uh, are concerned about the rate at which the virus is going to 
spread. Thank you. This has been KiteLine. Remember that if you or a loved one have a message to share about the impact of COVID-19 on the prison population, you can call 765-343-6236 to record a message to be played on the air. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. You can hear previous episodes of our show at wfhb.org forward slash KiteLine. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.